Your choice is simple. Join us and live in peace or pursue your present course and face obliteration. Welcome to episode number seven of Skeptics and Believers, a paranormal podcast. In this week's episode, the team and I discuss the Kelly Hopkinsville encounter. So sit back, relax, and we hope you enjoy the show. On the night of August 21st, 1955, in the small town of Kelly, Hopkinsville, the Sutton family were entertaining their friend, Billy Ray Taylor. The eight adults and three children present were in the house on that warm and clear night when water was required at the table. Not having any internal plumbing in the house, Billy Ray offered to go and get water from the family's water pump, which was out in the field. When he saw what was described as a bright rainbow-coloured exhaust in the sky to the west of the house, now he ran back to the farm and told the Sutton family who laughed at him thinking that he'd seen a shooting star, you know, as, as you would. Hmm. Shortly after, the dog owned by the Sutton family was heard to be barking violently and hid under the house where it would stay for the rest of the night. Billy Ray and Elmer Sutton, the father of the family, decided to venture outside to see what was causing the dog so much distress. And they witnessed what they described as, and this is in their words, a luminous three and a half foot tall being with an oversized head Big floppy pointed ears, glowing eyes and hands with talons at their ends. The men then grabbed their guns and began shooting at the creature, at which point the creature, in their own words, flipped over and fled into the darkness. Satisfied that they'd scared the creature away, the two men headed back to join the rest of the Sutton family in the living room. A few minutes later, apparently the creature appeared at the window, peering in at them. This <laughs> is Matt's face then. Ooh. Peering in at the now terrified gathering, uh, the, the men again picked up their guns where they were sat and started firing through the screen window. Thinking they'd killed or at least wounded the creature, they ventured outside to get a look at it. Now, as they walked out of the door, the family, now huddled all behind them in the hallway, witnessed a taloned hand reach down from the porch and uh, touched Billy Ray's hair. Grabbing Billy Ray and pulling him back into the house, Elmer Sutton ran outside and shot at the creature at point-blank range, knocking it off the roof. The family members saw another creature in a tree close to the house and both men turned and fired their guns once more, knocking this creature from the tree. Again, it flipped over and scurried into the darkness before a third creature came round the corner of the house in front of Elmer Sutton, who shot it at point-blank range with his shotgun. The witnesses described the sound of bullets hitting metal when it hit the creature. The blast from the shotgun appeared to have no effect. Now aware that their guns were ineffective, the men retreated into the house to join the rest of the Sutton family where they locked themselves in. Now for the rest of the night, over the next few hours, the creatures would keep appearing at the windows, peering oh, in, good looking Lord. at the family. And they did this at regular intervals until 11pm when the family decided to make a run for their vehicles and drive to the police station in nearby Hopkinsville, where they were able to convince the police that there was something not right going on at their farm. So half an hour later, Sutton family, Billy Ray, several officers and a staff photographer from the police station 
all arrived back at the Sutton home when nothing was found other than a patch of luminous liquid near where they said one of the creatures was shot and also a lot of bullet holes and spent shotgun shells. Now, police investigation concluded that none of the family members or Billy Ray Taylor were under the influence of drink or drugs and that the family were very clearly in genuine distress. The police were there till 2.15 in the morning, so they were there for nearly three hours. And they reassured the Suttons that everything was going to be okay, and they left the site. And shortly after the police left, another one of the creatures made another appearance at the window. This time Billy Ray took up his rifle and fired a shot, and this continued throughout the night until quarter past five in the morning. Now, throughout the ordeal, the Suttons and Billy Ray noted that no hostility was shown towards them, only curiosity. The incident gained fame almost immediately and the members of the public and press started to turn up en masse, take pictures of the house and the family. The Sutton family didn't actually like the attention, they actually felt embarrassed by it. They were reluctant to do interviews and they weren't happy with people being on the property and just wanted to be left alone. Several days later, the family and Billy Ray were interviewed with regards to the incident in two separate groups by a local radio station with each group's account of the night corroborating the others. Um, further evidence that they were not making up the incident came from a state highway trooper not far from their location, who reported seeing unusual meteors in the sky accompanied by the sound of artillery fire. So this this event is quite a well-known one. They do look a bit like the Gremlins oh. from Gremlins, but it's a very well-known close encounter of the third kind. Now, anyone who knows about UFOs, the, the different encounters which are... Close encounter of the first kind, which is seeing a UFO. Close encounter of the second kind, which is seeing a UFO and or finding some kind of physical evidence of a landing. Close encounter of the third kind, which is as with this, where an individual or individuals have contact with an alien or actually see an alien. Yeah. And then there's close encounter of the fourth kind, which is alien abduction. I didn't, so, know, I didn't know there were different classifications. Yes. Yeah, that's why that film's got that name. Well, yeah, but I, I didn't even think about why it would have that name. But this story, very well documented, where people were saying that, you know, certain family were very well known, very well respected. They didn't make any money out of this story. They didn't want to make money out of the story. They, they just wanted to be left alone. To me, that, that sounds like this is something that genuinely happened. It gives it more credibility, doesn't it? It's yeah. not like, you know, it's, it's not, not like they were caught in controversy. Or yeah, it's not like they, they, they were they nothing appearing, out. you know, doing public speeches about it and getting paid for it. I mean, it. you know, this, you know, there was some, which we presume there's some sort of blood of some sort. Yeah. Was anything done with that? Do you know? Don't know if there were... I would assume the staff photographer took photographs of it. The only photographs I've seen were of the house... Uh, there's a, a picture of two police officers looking up at the porch and they're clearly pointing at bullet holes where Elmer Sutton had taken shot a shot at this, this creature. One of the arguments, which I'm sure Matt's going to go into... Yeah, I've got, the, I've got two that I'm going to tell you. These uh, were... They were actually tawny owls or no, greater not, not horned... tawny owls, yeah. Greater horned owls. Tawny owls are quite small. Yeah. Great horned owls are about three feet tall. I've got pointy ears, round oh, eyes. yeah. And the wingspan is wider than they are tall, so mm. they'd have looked like they had long, pointy, clawed hands. So what, what do you reckon? <clears throat> explain the fluorescence. I don't think they were described as fluorescent. I think they were described, they were described as, where, as, as being silvery, I think. The first explanation that I read, I think, is genius. A member of the Air Force said that um, it was a monkey painted with silver paint <laughs> that escaped from a circus. <laughs> 
genius. I think that I think that's class. Uh, but yeah, no. The, apparently, um, more recently, people have said that sounds like it could have been a greater horned owl. Greater horned owls behave like that. They're very curious. Um, they mm-hmm. will not attack people, but they will get close to people, especially when it's mating season, which was around the same time. And they behave like that in the in those particular periods that these little green men were seen by the family. So that the same time periods fit the times that greater horned owls are active. I mean, I'm going to be sceptic of the sceptic because there's two things that I'm thinking. Number one is this account that they were sort of fluorescent in some way, shape or form. Silvery. Silvery. The one point I would make is that even if these guys were horrendous shots, mm-hmm. there surely would have been blood of some sort or a dead owl. Yeah, but if you think about it, they'd have been, they, they seem to be terrified by whatever these things were. Yeah, they probably if they're were using terrible sh- shots. Yeah, but if they're using a shotgun which fires out lots of... Buck. Yeah. It's going to have killed something. Yeah, point blank range. You're going to know if it's an owl because there would have yeah, been but, feathers everywhere. But point blank range is somebody saying, I shot it at point blank range. That doesn't mean you know they were at point blank range. That means you've seen bullet holes in their roof. It's not, that that bit cannot be factually proven or disproven. Well, then, Lisa, we, we've been many, many times to like owl sanctuaries and bird sanctuaries. Mm. Is there anything that you have seen? That has freaked you out. No, but I, I think. Well, the no, but thing. we've, like, you know, at, um, what's that zoo that we've been to? Drayton Manor, with the zoo mm. there. They've got like a big owl section there, and some of those things are huge, and they do have like, and they have like big spiky things over their eyes and their ears. I mean, yeah. they are they are massive. These things are like it's like the torso of a man. They're really bulky, big, huge but things. Then, but then on the flip side, but of I that, don't know as, what year was this. Sorry, nineteen fifty-five. Nineteen fifty-five. I mean, the thing is, if these, if, if this is a family and they're farmers, aren't they? Yeah, they would have lived there for probably at least one generation. Well, so if there probably was, been there was there a grandpa? Years. Did we hear that there was well, a, a grandfather? No, in I don't. I don't know the. Was there was it? Elmer certainly was the father, the head yeah. of the family. There were so, right. there there two other things here as well that I think sort of back this up. There's the there's the the meteor shower asteroid thing. Which obviously these guys are thinking that's what brought the little green men down. Yeah. Uh, but in actual fact, it's probably what disturbed these creatures oh, that naturally yes. probably would go nowhere near people and would live in trees which are taller than people. So why would you see them and only come out at night in a time where electric light was rare? Why would they have anything to do with these normally? I just don't know many animals that give them the sound of a gunshot. So you've got the sound. You've got the spark of light. You've got the risk of danger. Mm. I don't know many animals that haven't experienced that once, let alone, say, 20 times, would then venture back near a, a lit house. Yeah, the other thing I would say as well is that if these owls were resident in that area, surely the family would have seen them again before or after. Yes, no, this is what yeah. I mean. I think they were probably disturbed by whatever the meteor shower was. Not unless the artillery... Sounds the state trooper was reporting was actually the gunfire. Oh, that, yeah, that's what I expect it would be. Yeah, mm. that's how I read it when I read it. And because there are some other things that you didn't mention as well, one of them was the fact that these things could hover. Uh, when one was shot out of the air, it hovered to the ground, um, flipping over rather than falling. Sounds a bit like an owl. The versions that I've read are varied on that. So some of them said there was only one. Some of them said there were two. Some of them said there were as many as 12 to 15 of these things. And it is only this this family that saw them. 
So I, I think that's one of those things as well where you've got to be careful which version of the truth you read because especially in this day and age where things have been rep- repeated a thousand times on the internet and embellished slightly and embellished again and taken out of context from third-hand conversation that somebody had had with somebody else that you can read a version of events that may not be true. I don't know if the version of events that I've read is true. I haven't, I haven't read the eyewitness accounts of the families mm-hmm. and I, I doubt that most other people who talk about this story mm. read those either. So it's just one of those things of, it is a bit weird, but actually we're, we're reading somebody else's interpretation of these events already. And that's one of the problems. The further back you go, the harder it is to prove or disprove something, I think. I'm very sceptical of this and anything that involves little green men. It's also known as the Hopkinsville goblins because of the way they were described to me. If you look at the, the pictures that were drawn of them, they're a three-foot-high creature with large ears. Like I said, it looks like a gremlin, but with like quite long arms. I mean, that would freak the shit out of me. Yeah. Yeah, something else that was added into one version of the events that I read was that um, the chap who initially went out to find the water found a spaceship. Now, that isn't in any of the other ev- turns of events. No. So, like I say, it's about being able to actually pick out the facts from the story that you're reading. I mean, I think, I think that's the problem with everything that we're going to look at. Yeah. Is it without first-hand evidence? Certainly until we go out and start doing some of our own investigations first-hand, I think you're, you're reliant on the evidence that's out there. So that was the Kelly Hopkinsville encounter. Hopefully that won't keep you up tonight. If you haven't already, please do subscribe to the podcast. And if you are already subscribed, as always, thank you for your continued support. Until next week, do take care of yourselves. podcast has been brought to you by obsidian shark productions the music featured in this podcast can be found at freemusicarchive.org and is used under the creative commons license more details can be found on our website